Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 16 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for teaching us about you. Your ways are not our ways, Father, but our hearts want to learn. We ask that you grant us wisdom as we come to you and read your word. Thank you for hearing our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Matthew chapter 16 begins with the Pharisees asking Jesus for a sign, but Jesus did not grant them one. Not this time. He often performed miracles and spoke of heavenly things when they were present, but he wouldn't give them what they wanted this time. They were simply unable to comprehend who he was and what his mission was, so there was no point for him to show a sign they would be unable to comprehend as well. After Jesus left them, he tried to tell his disciples to be aware of the Pharisees' false teachings, but they misunderstood him, and he called this a lack of faith and trust. He called them out on it. The insight I have here is that a lack of faith and trust leads to a lack of understanding. When we are in tune with God and our faith is at an all-time high, we don't question what's happening around us. We don't question our circumstances because we know he is working in them all. But when our faith wanes, things begin to look a little cloudy and we start losing understanding of what God is doing. We become frustrated. These are all signs to dig in a little deeper in our faith walk, get reconnected to God in a powerful way. Then our lack of understanding dissipates and we live in peace and clarity once again. Jesus asks his disciples who they think he is. Peter speaks out in faith and a knowing that he is the Christ. And Jesus prophesies to Peter about his role in the kingdom. This is truly a powerful moment in biblical history. He tells Peter that he will be a big part of building the church and that the gates of Hades will not overpower it. And then just as quickly, the enemy entered Peter when he told Jesus he shouldn't be called to suffer and die. Isn't it interesting that we can be filled with the Holy Spirit in one moment and be tempted by the enemy in the next? It happened to Jesus in the desert. We see it in our passage today, and it will happen to us as well. We must always be alert, be vigilant and cautious, for the enemy will try and steal anything he can from us. Peter was used in a mighty way. But we can also see he wasn't exempt from the enemy's attempts. God's plan always prevails, but the enemy will try and steal it every time. Let's be vigilant and stand strong to withstand the attacks against us. Let's see what's happening in Acts today. Paul and Silas were traveling around various provinces, preaching, teaching, and baptizing people. However, God would not permit them to teach in certain areas, even though his mission was clearly to evangelize all the Gentile nations. There are some suppositions as to why this is the case. I simply believe that God has a plan, a perfect plan for the good of his people and for his glory. There are too many moving parts for us to know anything for sure, but we do know Paul was obedient. And as he was carrying on God's plan, God gave him a dream, a dream landing, leading him to the place he was to preach. The people in Macedonia were deeply impoverished. God's desired his word. The gospel, the good news, be given to these people. Their need was great, and he met their spiritual needs above all else. He shows us his love by providing his eternal promise to those who are desperate instead of the wealthy in the province of Asia. 
In verse 14, a woman named Lydia was listening to Paul preach. Her heart was open to pay attention and listen to him. I love that God opened her heart to his teaching and she was saved. We can be sure God is opening our hearts as we lean into his word and desire to know more about him. As Paul and his party were moving on, they met a woman who was a fortune teller of sorts. She did have a spirit within her that gave her this power, a power which looked good to the people who benefited from her so-called wisdom. She could even discern that Paul and his men were men of God. But not everything that looks good to us on the outside is really good. Paul called the spirit out of her and she no longer had the power she'd had. He knew the spirit was not of God, but it may have been difficult for others to discern this. We can take note of this situation and pray God gives us the wisdom and discernment to know the difference between his Holy Spirit and some other spirit that is just a mimic. Paul and Silas were doing good here in this situation, but yet they were put in jail, which looks bad. Even in this seemingly difficult situation, but they were beaten and thrown in jail, they were used to offer salvation to the jailer. Again, looks bad, but was used for God's glory. My spirit is moved because I know I need to look to the Lord in difficult situations and ask him to show me his glory in the hard stuff and be patient to see how he will use it. In Genesis chapter 31, we see that Jacob's fame is waning in Laban's eyes. He's realized his deception has been thwarted and Jacob's wealth grew as his decreased. The Lord told Jacob to return to his people and that he would be with him. God shows his love for his people as he leads Jacob throughout his life and increases his wealth even in impossible situations. Jacob conferred with his wives who were agreeable to go with him. However, Rachel stole her father's household gods before they left. Laban pursued Jacob and his party for seven days before overtaking them. I am amazed by God here. He gave Laban a dream. Imagine that. God appearing to Laban, a non-believer, telling him to not harm Jacob. He obeyed God in this, but wanted his household gods back. Jacob, of course, agreed and told him that whoever did this thing would die, not knowing it was his beloved Rachel. She lied. To cover her sin and that's what generally happens with one sin another sin is born let us bring our sins before the god and ask for forgiveness as well as a complete cleansing so we are not tempted any further the two men made a covenant with one another and they parted each other's ways the next day chapter 32 takes us to jacob's return to his homeland the one he fled years ago Although God told him to go back and promised his blessing was upon him, Jacob was afraid. He had stolen so much from his brother Esau and was afraid of his family's demise because of it. He had God's blessing, but he was still afraid. This happens to us. We know God gives us a task. We have his blessing, but then fear comes. And we wonder if we really heard the word from God that we thought we did. Jacob did what we did or would do. He prayed, in earnest, I might add, and then he made a plan, a backup plan, a plan just in case his brother was still angry and would attempt to take his life and the life of his loved ones. And then he went to bed and something remarkable happened. He wrestled with God all night long. He was definitely a determined man as we saw him spend years to earn his family. But he was also a bit of a trickster, winning things like a birthright and a blessing through trickery instead of being an honorable son. 
God needed Jacob to be more than obedient. He'd been obedient to God, but wasn't a man to surrender. We see that in his all-night struggle with God, Jacob was required to tell God who he really was, what his name meant. And when he did, he was blessed with a new name and more. His new name was Israel. Jacob knew then that his life would be spared. Psalm 16 is the most powerful psalm for me. King David knows that God is his keeper and protector. Verse 2 says he has no good thing beside or beyond God. God is his best and highest goodness. May we remember this when circumstances don't turn out the way we want them to. Our circumstances don't bring us good, for only God is good. Verse 5 is a verse I hold on to. The Lord is my chosen and assigned portion, my cup. You hold and maintain my lot. God is our portion, a very great portion indeed. He is all we need. We may have many wants and desires, but God is truly our best portion. Finally, in verse 11, David writes, In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand there are pleasures evermore. Well, there is joy in God's presence. No better joy ever experienced than in his presence. And who sits at the right hand of God but Jesus himself? There are eternal pleasures in him. Let us pray, O oh Lord, thank you for the wisdom in your word. Help us receive all you have for us today and help us maintain these teachings in our hearts and minds. Keep our eyes on you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.